Hey. Hey, how you doing, man? Pretty good. It's been a while. How are you doing? It has been a while. I'm doing good. It's, uh, you know, summertime, Korea, hot, wet, hot. humid, but, humid. uh... Oh, humid. Yeah, it's been pretty nasty. Anyone listening, Korea, monsoon season, in July, hot, humid, wet, it's nasty, but today ended up being a pretty nice day. Had a nice evening bike ride with my daughter, uh, kind of cooled off. Got a little bit of sun, so yeah, that kind of cool that. refreshing, very nice. Well, let's talk some hockey. Let's do it. Lou, Lou, Lou has moved address, moved out from what is the New York, the New Jersey Devils, out to Toronto. Yeah, that, big, that might be big, big move. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the Toronto Maple Leafs acquiring Lou as their general manager for the? foreseeable future at least until the young gun dubis dubis yeah kyle dubis yeah. kyle dubis can take over the reins yeah um yeah i mean lots of thoughts i mean my first thought was that might be even stranger than brodor in a st louis blues uniform uh yeah. you know i mean he's been there for 28 years he was the guy He's probably um, wearing New Jersey Devil underwear, though. Yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah. It's weird to see him anywhere else. Um, and then my initial thought, too, was just sort of, you know, what's going on in Toronto? I mean, they're, again, another big move, and it just makes them a really interesting team because, you know, I mean, do they really just have this hodgepodge kind of collection of guys, you know, in, in Shanahan, Babcock, Dubas, and now Lamorello? Or is this a mix that's really, really going to work? Um, and you mentioned Kyle Dubas. Uh, so they gave Lou a, a three-year contract. He's 72. You can't really picture too many guys in the league uh, being a GM past 75, right? It's sort of a, it's a young man's game. And, and even on that side, it's, it's getting a lot younger too, right, with coaches and GMs. So, so maybe, there seems to be a bit of a rotation going on. Yeah, so maybe um, so maybe that's it. Maybe you're onto something there where it's like they're kind of grooming Kyle Dubas. I mean, why not learn from this guy? He's got a wealth of experience. Uh, he's built teams before. He's won before. Um, but it just doesn't seem very Lou, right, to be a part of this sort of collective group. And it's, not, seems, it's not his team at all. That's it's, what it's seems so odd about this move is because He's leaving New Jersey to take on this role. If he had yeah. taken on a consulting role, it would have been a lot easier to understand the move. But because he's taken on such a high stakes role in the GM position, he's sort of taking the knowledge and taking everything that he is as a New Jersey devil and slipping on a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey right on top. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, and you know, he, he wasn't the GM there now, right? So, I mean, for anyone that doesn't know, I mean, it's Ray Shiro. He sort of stepped you know, he had to step down. But that's still his team, right? Yeah, it's, it's just, it's a little weird, but, you know, I mean, to your point, I mean, he's, he's taken a hell of a lot of experience there. Uh, everything he learned from New Jersey, which is a lot, I mean, he's probably the most schooled GM in, in the league, you know, I would think bar none. Um, 
so I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it works out. I mean, as I said, it just they're instantly just interesting, you know, again. I mean, this just makes them even more inter- interesting after the Babcock hiring and then now this. Yeah. yeah, I do love what Toronto's doing, though, to bring someone in with that quality, but yeah. also to bring a different type of opinion to the table. It, this is how you build a company. You have no yes men in the room. You have everybody sort of challenging each other and trying to hopefully support, but at the same time, give another opinion to something that a problem or an asset that that is entering or leaving the you know the team. Yeah, I think it's a great. I think it's a great hire. Something different. Yeah, someone too. someone different. I mean, he's up there in age, but it doesn't take away from from his capacities yeah and it, it sort of seems like shanahan just sat back and he's like okay i have the yin now i need the yang that, you know, exactly I, I gotta exactly kinda, i gotta balance this out like what you yeah. were just saying there i mean there's no yes men in the group um and you know maybe in in the twilight of his career he's he's up for something like this you know uh this could be you know i mean similar to what babcock is doing you know babcock can go anywhere he can choose any team pretty much that he wants well you know any team that was hiring or maybe even hiring like the st louis blues um, and he could probably win a lot quicker somewhere else. True. But, but it's like, no, I want to go there. I want to be the guy that does this. And maybe Lou's like, hey, man, I've, I've got one last uh, kind of hurrah left, and, and I want it to be this. Um, Dude, that, there's a lot of balls in that room, though. Oh, there's man, a lot of balls sure, in Shanahan. Sure. There's a lot of balls in Lou, and there's a lot of balls in Mike Babcock. Yeah, yeah, there is. It's ballsy of every one of those people to take on those positions. Who at seventy was it seventy two? Who at seventy two years old leaves the security of of what they have and their president? You know, like a, a strong position within the company, yeah. and turns around and starts all over again with the grind at yeah. seventy two. Well, he obviously, I mean, again, Shanahan sort of, you know, did his thing. I mean, I mean, I heard a lot about when Lou did this. You know, you saw a lot on Twitter and people were talking about it, reading about it in in a lot of places, a lot of sites saying, oh, it's so Lou, it's so Lou to do something like this, you know, on the sly, shock everyone, surprise everyone. But I think Shanahan is sort of getting that reputation too because the Babcock hiring surprised a hell of a lot of people and now this did too. So maybe they're just, you know, maybe they're on the right page that they've got the same kind of... uh, um, Philosophy. Yeah, kind of philosophy and kind of hockey mindset, you know, even though they they might go uh, different ways about, about it you know, but they're all kind of going to the same place, right? Yeah. Um, and so it doesn't really matter where you come from as long as you got that same goal, uh, where you're going, where we're going. And I think Shanahan's doing a really good job. Like he just, yeah. he cleaned house. You know, they were bad last year. He sort of let it ride with that win streak where it was like, maybe this team is better than, than we think. Oh, wait a minute. They're not. <laughs> they're terrible. Uh, so let me just clean house. Let's start all over. And that's a hell of a group, man. You know, Shanahan, Lamarillo. I mean, Lamarillo drafted Shanahan, right? So there's a history <laughs> there. Insane. I mean, it's just coming full circle. You go out, you get the I best I think we're both on the same page here. I think yeah. Toronto is doing well. They're on the right track. And we're both looking forward to seeing what happens next year with the front office that they've developed or they've acquired in yeah. the past year. You know what I'm saying? Uh, quite a few signings yeah, in the past yeah. week. Yeah, it's kind of good um, we uh, were able to put this off a, a couple of days because things happened. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Holtby signed. He did. Um, Larson signed. Chesson signed. Yeah. And also a little guy called Semen signed. Yeah. Also, Patrick Stepan is looking for a contract. Derek Stepan. He's, 
Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yes, yeah. Derek, not Patrick. <laughs> I think there is a Patrick Stefan somewhere, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah well, he was a, a bust of a pick. Okay. Yeah. Um, Derek Stefan. Um, yes, Derek Stefan is looking for seven point two five to re up his contract, and the Rangers are counting at five point two. Let's start with that one here. Um, mm. Of course, this is negotiation tactics, right? You can't believe he's he, he thinks of himself as worthy of seven point two five. Yeah, and, and, you know, like Hopi, they, they met in the middle. You know, it was like, give me eight. No, okay, well, I'll get what I get. Chaison or Chaison, uh, he lost. You know, the Sens won that round. Uh, he got 1.2. Um, but Derek Stefan, I don't know, man. I, I can't. He's, you know, when you look at his numbers, he's a very solid, very consistent producer, right? But the guy has topped 20 goals once in his rookie year. Uh, and then he has 17, 18, 17, 16 goals. His highest point total is 57. Um, I just don't, you know, 89 goals in 362 games. Like, does that scream 7.25 million to you? I mean, I don't know. He's not a first-line center, um, even though he kind of is on that team. Yeah. I, I mean, six? Yeah, great. Six? You know, maybe... Which is, the, which, which is halfway. Yeah, yeah, which is it. So they might which get seems, someone like that. Which seems to be how... The entire league negotiates. Player goes high, team goes low. They yeah. meet halfway. I just, to me, when 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 all these 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 stats come out or these these numbers come out, it, it blows your mind because of what the players are asking, and it, and it kind of blows your mind to for what the, the team is offering. It's just it's just the way they negotiate. It's just the way it is. It's the complete opposite of what let's say baseball is, where baseball, both team comes in, both both parties come in with what they believe is actually worth in terms of yeah. contract. And it, it's usually meeting really, really close in the middle. Yeah, Whereas, yeah. Yeah, and you it, saw that with the Hopi deal. That was sort of like, you know. That was an insane ask. You know, like it, it was, something. yeah, it was. But it just, you know, what I'm saying is like, to your point, that the middle ground. It was like, let's meet That's right here in the middle. Looking for. Five years, 31 million. So you get about, you know, a little more than six a year. Right, you know, it's a good, yeah, um, it's, it's a good contract. Yeah, it's a for good him. contract for him. It's a great contract for them. But yeah. but Derek Stefan, I don't. You you can argue uh, all day long. Uh, but six I will, too much I for Derek not, Stefan. I then? will not. I just cannot see him as a seven point two five guy. I, no, I just but, don't see it. So let's just say he's looking for you know middle ground money. Yeah, so do you yeah. think six? Do you think six? He's worthy of six for sure. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, he's you know. I mean, look, as we said, I mean, he had forty five points his rookie year. Then he had fifty one. Uh, he had 44 points in the 48-game uh, season, that 2012-13 season, the uh, shortened season because of the lockout. And then he had 57-55. So he's pretty much a lock for like 55-plus points, you know, that's around insane. there. That, that, that's insane that because he's a centerman, that's six. If you were left winger, yeah. that wouldn't be six. Well, no, no, no. But remember a few podcasts ago, we said, you know, about 10 points. Think of about 10 points as a million, right? So that sort of follows that model. You know, if you're getting 55, 60 points a year, uh, you're playing center for the New York Rangers on the top one or two lines, that's probably six million. Yeah. So with that line of reasoning, then the Montreal Canadiens should be expecting all of 10 or 15 points from Alexander Semin since he's signed for 1.2 <laughs> for next year. There you go. So anything more than that is a, is a steal. <laughs> it's yeah. a steal. Yeah. Well, for me, I look at the Stefan contract and I look at what Nyquist signed in Detroit. I think Nyquist was 4.75. 
Um, Nyquist had back-to-back kind of 55-plus point seasons. But, you know, Derek Stefan has been doing this for five years. You know, Nyquist has only done it for two. So, you know, maybe that kind of production consistently year in and year out, uh, that's that's going to do it for you, right? Um, Let's move on to Larson yeah. off of New Jersey. Um, he signed a... He's not a proven proven asset yet. He's not a proven player. He signed a show me contract, but with term and numbers. Well, I don't think this was a show me contract. I I don't because it's still he's twenty two and it was a six year deal, right? So six year deals are not show me contracts. But that's what I mean. But um, this is his show me contract, and yet they gave him term and they gave him money. I, for me, I think this is a steal for the Devils, and it, and it's. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, he's not a proven player, so he's not going to be getting, you know, five, five, six million here from from New Jersey. Um, especially they got a few younger defensemen kind of coming up, right? Um, I think in Jelenon, there, there's a couple of other guys. Um, but he's 22. He has a lot. He still has a lot of potential. So to get this guy at 4.1, or I think it's just under 4.2 for the next six years, you know, in maybe two, three years this might look like the the smartest contract on the team um you know when this, this is guy, the big controversy right now. Yeah. Uh, it just might look like wow you're paying yeah. this guy 4.2 that is a steal good but for this you. is the this is the big controversy right now with signing these kinds of players you do you sign for potential or do you sign for what he is right now yeah and this is what montreal did with suban they they didn't do what they what the devils just did with larson because they could have done that and well, they decided they not to but, do but, that but, but but the difference being is like PK what they weren't gonna PK wasn't asking for four point two over six years like PK wanted huge huge no, money. No, he, he um, wanted in the five to six range. Right, but five to six. I mean, then that, then we're going a million, almost two million more than Larson is right now. So that's a lot more money. Uh, he was a lot, you know, more of a proven player. But um, but I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, because yeah. uh, we talked about that before too. Lots of people are talking about that. You know, do you pay for potential now to get like those kind of Duncan Keith, Tavares kind of contracts that look uh, absolutely brilliant, you know, because these guys are superstars uh, a couple years down the road. But again, I mean, those guys are more proven players. I mean, this one, I think what you're saying, yeah, I agree. I mean, they're definitely paying for uh, potential. potential here. Yeah. Um, which is which is a risk. It's a risk, but at the same time, yeah. this is how this is how you bank. Yeah, this this is how you get uh, players, you know, long term at a reasonable amount. This is what Pacioretty is all about. Yeah, Montreal. yeah, that's a, well, there you go. That's a that's a brilliant contract right there. It looks yeah. so smart. But I think the thing with Adam Larson is too, and you got to think like Ray Shiro and and everyone in Jersey is just thinking. Look, even if this guy's kind of a bust in a year or two, he's still gonna be he's gonna be like kind of like a Tyler Myers type guy. Right, where sure. he had a pretty decent, you know, uh, he's had some, he's played some good hockey, but he's still yeah. going to be young enough, and he's still going to have a cap hit that's friendly enough, where someone out there is going to say, you know what, we can do something with this yeah. kid. You know, yeah. you can come here and revive your career. Like we can yeah. do something with this guy. So yeah, it, it's a pretty pretty smart one. Um, he had uh, what do you have? Last year, I think he had twenty one assists, uh, twenty four points. That's not great, but you know, again. 22. 22 um, defensemen. Yeah, and there's not much. I mean, let's face team. it, there's not much in Jersey. And, you know, uh, well, no, that's not true because Schneider was there last year and he was good. But um, but they, they weren't a very good team last year, right? No. So, you know, 
yeah. yeah. Anyway, okay. I think it's a good agree, deal. Agree. What what I'd be interested to to find out is if there's a player that because this is just happening right now, so we don't have any facts yet. But if there's a player that signs one of these deals, these Larson deals, these long term potential based on potential deals, yeah, and they become a bust, I'd love to see what happens to these players because it because like you said, if it's a Tyler Myers, you can still get assets back. You're talking about a Kane coming back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This is this is a huge asset coming back. So if that's the case, if, if worst case scenario is a few years down the line, you see it's not working out, you trade him for an asset that is troubled or a same type of asset that might work with your type of systems or teams yeah. or, or teammates, then why wouldn't you do this every single time then if it's not a lost asset? Yeah, yeah, and, and and that's a really great comparison there too because Tyler Myers they got Bogosian coming back, so they figured yeah. you know this is kind of a wash, and then they got Kane for Palmenville, which you know I think a lot of guys would probably take that deal, right? Well, you got long Kane, term, you got long term, there. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I I I totally agree. I mean, not to have an incredibly boring podcast where I agree with you about everything, but yeah. And I look at Larson. I just look at his numbers. I think last year could have been kind of his breakout year, right? We're Rookie year, he had be, 18 yeah. points. In the shortened season, he only played 37 games. He had six assists. So that doesn't look good, right? Sophomore year, bad, bad year. But again, that's that's half a season. You lose half of the season because sure. of the lockout. There's training. There's camp. There's all kinds of stuff going on there. And every player is different, yeah. right, the way and you then, start up a game. And then he was injured and also not playing a lot in 13-14. Yeah. He had a goal and two assists in 26 games. And last year, he had three goals, 21 assists. So uh, he could be on the up and up. Uh, last signing is Mr. Semin. Yeah. Who yeah. signed with Montreal, who has been a bust in Carolina. He's hoping to revive his NHL career in Montreal. He signed for 1.2 for one year, a big, big, big show-me contract. Oh, man, yeah. It's an interesting signing because of what their coach Terrier represents in terms of systems, in terms of the type of player that he wants on his team. Mm-hmm. This guy moves east, west. He's not a very north-south type of player. He likes to dangle. He likes to start on the right side of the neutral zone. Oh, yeah. And by the time he hits right the blue line, he crosses right across and he's now a left winger. So he needs high quality teammates in order for them to realize what's going on. Um it's an interesting signing. What are your thoughts on this one? Um, yeah, it was just fun. I think um, it was fun to go on Twitter and read the reactions because it was sort of like, <laughs> it was all over the place. I mean, it was like, you know, I mean, opposite ends of the spectrum, it was like Mark Bergevin, you genius you, where it was almost as if people thought that they had signed Phil Kessel uh, for $1.1 million. And then it was the opposite end where it was like, what, this guy's like a hot steaming pile of garbage. Like, why? Why even bother? Right? So for me, it's like somewhere in the middle where it's like, uh, but but not even really for me, somewhere in the middle. I would lean more towards, it's just a smart move. You know, it's it's this guy's only 31. It's not like he's a 37, 38-year-old like uh, Kovalev who's just completely checked out of the game, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, he's, in, he's still very, very talented. And for 1.1 million, two uh, isn't it? 1.1 one two is it? I don't know, but anyway, I yeah. mean it's just a, a, a hair over one million, so it, it's it's virtually no risk, you know. And, and whose roster spot is he taking? You know, nobody's, nobody's really nobody's because the right wing is is sort of uh, there's not a great 
you know amount of depth there, and it's not like top six. There's not a lot. Of, there's not a great anything in top yeah, six. Yeah, and, and it's not like um, you know where they where he's taken a, a shot away from uh, from a young kid from the AHL or something, right? So yeah. So for me, yeah, if the guy goes out and scores 15, 20 goals, then great. You know, yeah, I mean, exactly. you, that, that's what the Habs needed last year. They really needed 15, 20 more goals, yeah. uh, which would have put them way up uh, in the uh, in the goal standings in the league. You know, um, you're, you're right, by the way. He was one point one. Is it? OK, yeah. yeah. And, and still, you know, and he's getting two point four, two point five from Carolina. So that's also another way where Bergman and, and, or any other GM is like, look, you're still getting a couple million. So we're not going to give you a lot here. Um, and, and I look at, you know, he was great. He was great in Washington. He was oh, yeah. really good. Very, very, very good for them. You know, 38 goals. But, but it was a running gun system, 40. though, yeah. right? It, it was, but I just think in Carolina, because I also saw on Twitter where, where people were saying, uh, you know, oh, yeah, he's going to score. He should easily get 20 goals with all those great centers in Montreal, like Eric Stahl. You know, but it's like, yeah, but Eric Stahl was struggling a lot in Carolina. Uh, it wasn't all seven. Eric Stahl wasn't very good either. Um, I had him. In, I had him in my pool. The guy was horrible. Yeah, and he just wasn't. He was. He started uh, getting a lot of criticism, but it took a lot longer than it's going to take for the uh, for the Russian, right? Um, and so, also with Carolina, like I don't like you know when there's not a lot of people in the building, when you're a bad team, when there's nothing yeah, to play for, motivation level. Yeah. So I mean, going to to Montreal is a complete. It's the it's the complete opposite environment. You know, yeah. it, it's a passionate hockey city. It's a great organization. You know, and again, I'm not taking a shot at Carolina. I'm just saying they haven't been a winning club in a while, right? They're struggling. They're rebuilding. Well, look what uh, happened to Toronto players last year, right? They yeah. Once they were out, oh, they, they were gave out. up. They, they, yeah. they, checked, they completely checked yeah. out. So, I mean, you can imagine that's what's happened in Carolina also. I mean, yeah. it looks like maybe this year might be different. There's new management. There's new... Uh, you know, there's new li- new blood, new life coming in. Hopefully, it turns things around a little bit. Um, but still, you know, playing yeah. for a team that loses day in, day out, who's the odds of winning are completely stacked against them. It's got to be hard on the player. Yeah, yeah. And so if he can just get back to two years ago where he had 22 goals, 20 assists. Oh, that makes a huge win. Yeah. That's great. That's great. I want to go back to what you said. It's a very safe. It's a very safe pickup. And that's my beef going on right now with Montreal and his GM is that every single move that he's made or he is making is the safe move. He's done absolutely nothing in terms of taking a chance or stepping outside of the complete safety of, you know, stepping outside of his comfort zone. So... I personally don't think you, you you don't make any money that way. You don't you don't get to a, another level in, in in any job in any position without taking chances. And this guy seems to completely avert any kind of risk. It's just it seems a little bit odd to me because it's been it's been a couple of years now, and he's being patient. But is he being patient to a fault? it's going to come to a head this year, I think. He's either going to have to do something or someone's going to need to start taking a chance on someone because they can't continue this way. They're just losing out on years. on They're losing out on price years. They're losing out on price ready years. Yeah. More importantly, price years. Well, yeah, that's what he's doing. But I, I, I don't know. I mean, as a, as a fan of the Red Wings and Ken Holland, like, 
that's I'm so used to that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, Where but you're just, doing that. You're doing that with safe, massive, massive just, talent on your team, though. Well, you're doing I don't that think they're that really to, that much. I, I don't. No, but back in the day, you're talking about patience. No, no, no but I mean, I mean, since, since since 2009, since they went to their last final, uh, there haven't been a whole lot of great. <laughs> Look moves at you. There. Since um, they went to the last final. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking like, I'm not like saying that to be like some years. smug, you know, prick about it. I'm just saying like, they, if, you, if you look at what they've done, they haven't really done a whole lot. Like this was the summer that they actually, you know, and even then it's like Mike Green. It's like, how good is that really going to work out for them? It, it, it should be but you're taking what they chances. Need, but, but, but yeah, but I mean, finally taking some chances because I think he, but he's, you he's been patient for, he's been patient for a long time, but I, I think what Bergerman is doing right now is okay, you know, because... Sure, it's, it's okay not right like, now. That's my point. It's okay right now, yeah, yeah. but at one point, he's going to need to take a chance on yeah, something. For sure, for sure. But but you want to take a chance on something that you know you're not taking a huge, huge, huge gamble on. You know, like, what sure. that team needs is a number one center. Don't go out and, and uh, you, you know what I mean? If, like, Eric Stahl is available and it makes sense then maybe you do something like that. But I don't think you go out and, and kind of force it. I mean, obviously, he's not out there making moves for making moves' sake. Uh, nobody really and he, does Nor that. should he, nor should uh, he. Yeah, so I think right now, like, he ha he's not making the team any worse. Like, I know fans are probably impatient, yourself included. I'm, not being, uh, I'm just, I'm just stating got... a fact. I'm just stating a fact. No, 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 right? but I, I know. Stating... When you, but when you have Carey Price, you know, like you said, wasting Carey Price years, I mean, he's still only, what, 27, 28? It's not like he's 33 um, I mean, again, are you going to get another season at a price like last year? That's going to be tough to top, but you know he's going to be fantastic. Um, you know, maybe you're a little concerned with Markov. He's getting a bit long on the two. That doesn't the matter. They got, they, got, but, they got people to take yeah, away from so, Markov. So there you go. So I think you just got to wait and, you know, wait for the right player that comes along. I'm sure he has a long list of players that are on his wish list. And uh, when that chance presents itself or if he's able to get a bit more aggressive then he'll do it yeah but i, I don't know yeah. i mean that's just that's every team every gm you know so sure. you look at bergman he's making smart moves not making the team worse i think that's all you can kind of ask for uh until, until you know until yeah, you have that chance yeah. until you have an opportunity sure yeah. um let's move on these were the moves of the week the big moves of the week at least yeah. uh we've got a couple of reader questions here Ooh. Um, yeah, I got to get to him here. Um, okay, the first one. First one's from Mike M. Who do you think is the best player to ever play the game? And now wow. he, but he also has a little caveat to this question. It seems in terms of impact on the game. Mm. I don't, I think he means not necessarily stats, but he means impact on the actual gameplay. Um, wow. So who I think my, think my default thing? answer, you know, even though, because I, I grew up in Southern California, so I, I actually did see Wayne play a lot, and he was still yeah. pretty good when he was with the Kings. Oh, he was um, great. Yeah, I mean, I was just looking at something earlier on on. I think Sportsnet, they had the top 10 seasons of players in their 30s. And at the age of 30, Wayne Gretzky had 163 points, you know, in 1990-91. He had 41 goals, 122 assists. That's, That's ridiculous. Awesome. Uh, no one can do that anymore, right? I mean, the game's different, but 
Um, I never saw guys like Bobby Orr play or Leclerc or any of those guys, right? So for me, it's it's just always Lemieux. It's always Mario Lemieux. Oh, Lemieux. Yeah, it really is. Um, because I, that's a guy that I did watch, watched a lot. Never saw him live, unfortunately, uh, but did see him play a lot of hockey. And even when he came back, after everything that he went through, uh, all his injuries, his cancer, everything, he just looked like, at times, he looked like that guy that you play pickup hockey with, you know, that kind of Sunday shitty hockey with that used to be... Like he, he used to play yeah, like that, Major he, Juniors or yeah, something. Yeah, he used to or play, play Major Juniors, and he's just barely even trying, and he's just schooling everyone. And, and also, he's just so patient with the puck. He gets the puck, and there's just zero panic. It's just, hey, man, I've got yeah. all the time in the world to do whatever I want. He was so big, too. And for a big guy, you know, to, to do that. I mean, he was, he was a smart Eric Lindros. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> you know? He yeah, didn't that's, go that's around. Pretty good. He, he didn't that's, go around banging with more hands, and like, with more eh, hands. Eh, like Eric Lindros was like the extreme, like that extreme athlete, like X Games '90s, yeah, crashing into everyone. <laughs> or, you, or you can be Mario Lemieux and just be big and just be good and be more graceful. Well, he had the skill sets, though. Yeah, right? like well, he, he did in the hands and everything. And and yeah. so for me, my my default answer is always Mario. Uh, I just think he's the best. It's a good one. Player. It's actually a really, really good one. Yeah. For me, it was Bobby Orr or Lemieux. That was those okay. were the two the two players that I thought of. The reason being is, I thought of skill sets for sure, but I thought of revolutionizing the actual position. Yeah. And I thought before Lemieux, there was no centerman like Lemieux. Not like that. Not a big guy no. that could do that. Yeah. And now that's all people want. That's all people want. Oh, that's all people sure. are looking for. Yeah. Well, that's, that's why, why Derek like, Stefan's guess... going to get 7.25, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. But that's why Geslav got it, got the deal that he got, right? That's yeah, why yeah. And, he's, he's, and, he's... and that's a good comparison because he, he's actually, he has a similar game, right? Uh, he's, he's not as dominant, of he's course. He's not as dominant. Not, he's not, not as good, quite but... as talented. But you look at his hands, you look at the way he plays the game. He doesn't play like Lindros, right? That kind of rock himself no. and like, just crash uh into everything kind of style or let everyone crash into me yeah he's just a more patient skilled hockey player yeah yeah and my other player of course was bobby orr only because of yes he was great yes he dominated but mostly because he revolutionized the defensive position before bobby orr there was nobody like bobby orr there was no offense coming from the d yeah and that and those two players are the reasons why i would choose them as the best ever. Yes, Gretzky had more points. Yes, Gretzky had more assists. Yes, Gretzky was, you know, the data. The data says that Gretzky was a better player. But to me, the most yeah. impact on the game was Lemieux and Bobby Orr. That's yeah, my personal yeah. opinion. Yeah, Gretzky's always. Uh, it, it, I mean, look. I mean, when you're talking about these guys, there's no real right or wrong answer, right? But um, when it comes to Wayne, he's definitely the smartest player probably to ever play the game. Um, but, but yeah, even though all those points, all those records, you look at everything. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I think Lemieux, those guys like Orr, they had a, a bigger impact. Um, I always found like, uh, you know, Jeff Merrick, uh, Sportsnet, yeah. Yeah, Merrick yeah. versus Wyshynski podcast. Great podcast. Um, yeah, yeah. That's another good one. Um, 
he always has a really good thing about Bobby Orr, and it's just more of a, a, a just kind of like a think about this. You know, he's not taking anything away from Bobby Orr, but he always says like Bobby Orr was also that defenseman in a really big expansion era, where the team went from like original six to boom, all of a sudden there's a lot more teams. True. And uh, he was kind of beating up on on a uh, kind of maybe diluted league uh, talent wise, um, which is just you know. Again, not taking yeah. anything away with him, but yeah. it's kind of an interesting way to. to but look it's at. like everything, right? You look, you look at the '80s, you look at the '70s, and you look at a guy shoot from the red line, oh my God. and and it goes in, and you're like, you're looking at that, and you know, there's no way that goes in now. <laughs> every every goal I see from the '80s, every slap shot, I'm like, why, why are you standing? Why do you why stand you up stand and just let that go right by you? Like, because your coach will like, scream get, at you if you if you went yeah, down. Like, get on you weren't your allowed knees, to go man. down. You weren't allowed to. I know, you it's just crazy. But it's like, how, how do you play? How do you play like that? It's so insane. It's yeah, crazy that, now to look back at things and, yeah. uh, and and just everything seems so simple, right? Like you know, it just uh, makes sense, down, right? Yeah. yeah. But, um. Yeah, that's a good question, though, for sure. There's so so many instances where goalies come back and just say, "If I went down during during a game." My coach would bench me for the next four. Yeah, oh, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. actually, Patrick Waugh had, had that happened to Patrick Waugh coming into the uh, coming into the NHL. Yeah, he was going down playing butterfly, and his coach told him, "You play butterfly again, you're gonna you're gonna be benched. I'm not playing you." Yeah, and that's and in Montreal where down. they've had uh, they've had a couple of uh, decent goaltenders. Uh, a couple, yeah. One, yeah, one yeah. called Vesna who holds yeah. a trophy. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, but uh, second question. Yeah. I got another question. I got I actually got three questions for you today. The second question is actually pretty interesting. It's from Julie. Uh, Julie, sorry, Jelly, Julie from Hamilton. If you were Jilly 10 years Julie? old, Julie, oh, hello, Julie, Julie, yeah, Julie from Hamilton. If you were ten years old again and looking at this league today, who would be your favorite player? So, wow, that's a put yourself, yeah, put wow, yourself. That's, that's that's why I chose it. Put yourself in ten year old Sands' shoes. Okay, but right? see, so I mean, are so you? So you're a fan, fan. You're you're yeah. like looking up big eye. You know, I mean, you're seeing these players and, you know, you're idolizing them. Yeah. If you were 10 years old all over again, looking at the league today, who would be your favorite player? That's a really tough one for me because I, I, I sort of, you know me, like I'm, I kind of overthink a lot of things. So I'm like, if I'm 10 years old, then I'm automatically picturing myself where I grew up, what I was doing at that time, the kind of hockey I was watching at that time, which was very, very, very bad LA Kings hockey. Uh, 10 years old, 1986. Um, but it's got to be 10 years old today. Yeah, right? no, 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 I'm today. just saying, yeah. like, at that time. But 10 years old now, uh, that's a good one. It'd probably be somebody very young, because um, when you're younger, you tend to like a lot of young guys um, in the league. So, I don't know. If you ask yeah, me this question in, like, two, three months, I'd probably just say Connor McDavid. But um, <laughs> since he's... Actually, right away, I think Connor yeah. McDavid is, gonna, is, is going to change that answer for so many yeah, kids yeah for sure in. yeah but you know i can't really choose him i think that's a little unfair he hasn't even played a single nhl game so um it probably be guys like i think for me it, it it would be something like patrick kane patrick kane yeah yeah that's is, it i was just thinking that like really high profile guys guys that you're gonna see if unless 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 your favorite team is the blackhawks you know you're just not gonna get to see uh Guys like Patrick Kane in Taves and Hosa, but they're in the playoffs yeah. every single year. No, no, so. no but that's what I'm saying. Unless, so unless the Hawks are your favorite team, like your team's going to probably 
uh, bail out pretty soon or pretty early, maybe not even. Yeah, that's right. So, so these are the most high profile guys. Um, maybe a guy like Sagan could be in there as well. I, um, I don't Stamkos. know about Sagan. Yeah. Uh, Stam- for me, uh, I was a big Eisenman fan growing up, so maybe like a Stamkos. But um, that's a good one, Kane. But you, you don't you don't get to see Stamkos unless you're following him. Yeah. Well, nowadays you know I mean? though, I mean, ten years old. Sure, now, a little like, bit, but he's not having an impact that he's he's not having the true impact that he should be having in the playoffs because he's being checked. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying like, whereas Patrick Kane is scoring the goals, he's he's. He's dangling. He's wiggling. He's, well, he's but in all fairness to, to Stamkos, this really was his first. Well, I'm not, I'm not saying that. As, I'm, as I'm, a, I'm thinking about a ten-year-old child right now, right? Yeah, the ten-year-old yeah. child is looking at his game, looking at these players, and he's going, "Who should I be following? Who should I be idolizing?" And I don't think Stamkos. Stamkos is more a guy you would or I would like yeah, because we yeah. see what he what he can do. We can see what he does, but that's not what a ten-year-old kid looks at. Yeah, like, Patrick who's Kane. Flash, who's uh, like, yeah. Maybe a guy like Lundqvist or Price on the goalie end. Uh, Price, or, maybe. Or you Lundqvist? look at another team that's always there, or at least has been recently, uh, on the Kings. You know, maybe. Um, who who is sexy like a on the Kings for a ten-year-old? Oh, Dowdy's pretty who, sexy. Yeah. The ten-year-old kid would like if he's a defenseman, he might. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're missing out on on, on your ten-year-old self here. <laughs> I think you've lost well, track I mean, of you, you said who the ten-year-old little little sounds is. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. yeah. I think it's Ovechkin. I think it's Kane. I think it's maybe yeah, Ovechkin, Crosby if you're Canadian. Is for sure. Those are yeah, the one, those are the players that are that are a ten year old child would look up to, right? Yep. The excitement level, the entertainment level. Uh, number three, growing up. Oh, sorry. Who's this from? Uh, this is from Matt. Matt in oh, Matt. in Matt in Montreal actually. Montreal. Who were your favorite players growing up? In Cronaut. Oh, sorry. Chronologically, who were your favorite players growing up? Chronologically, so your first player, then who, who, and who was the last player where you idolized as a ten-year-old or whatever? You know what I'm saying? Uh, this is weird because I, I sort of have a weird hockey background because my step family was the big hockey family. Uh, moved from the East Coast to California, so my stepfather was actually so you picked the, so you picked up hockey there. in California. Yeah, I picked it up there. So we were growing up. I was a huge Kings fan. Like we were going to Kings games when it, it was at the it was at the fabulous Forum, which became the Great Western Forum, which became nothing. And then they had. I didn't know this about right? you. So, so you're an yeah. actual product of the Gretzky era. Well, I was a couple years before Gretzky, um, and so when he came, that was like that was huge news because at the end of the eighty what was it eighty six eighty seven season. I think it was, or maybe 87-88 season. At the end of that season, uh, Edmonton won the Stanley Cup. And it was, you know, as a Kings fan, like our big summer news was, hey, they're changing their, their jerseys next year. So maybe that'll bring us some good luck, right? <laughs> like, Go from purple to yeah. And then I And then so I spent the summer, so I went back as I, as I did. Like my, I was actually born in, in Northwest Ohio, about 45 minutes away from Detroit. So... Uh, as like an Ohio family, my family were, were obviously huge Ohio State football fans. You could never, ever be a fan of that university up north uh, who will, shall remain nameless. But uh, <laughs> they were huge Detroit Tigers fans, Detroit Lions fans, and they were sort of casual Red Wings fans because, you know, like at the time, late 70s, 80s, the, the Red Wings were just terrible. They were god-awful. Um, and so as I as I grew older and went back uh, east, you know, back to Michigan, Ohio, like that's when I started 
getting more and more into the Red Wings. Uh, because when Gretzky came, uh, all of us that were playing hockey and watching hockey before Gretzky, we got super like snobby. And we were like, oh, God. Oh, yeah. It's, it's now, 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 now everybody likes hockey. You know, <laughs> so it was like, so we were like searching for other players and other teams. So it was like, it was like, uh, yeah, Brett oh. Hall, man. So maybe, maybe that's my 10 year old answer. Brett Hall, that guy scores, you know, 80 goals. Um, you know, and then Steve Eisenman was another one, Fedorov. Yeah. But my very first uh, favorite player was Dave Taylor from the Kings and it was Dave because Taylor. Uh, because Dave Taylor where I lived was was one of the few rinks at the time Dave Taylor came to our rink every summer and had Dave Taylor's hockey camp it was a one week camp so I got oh, to Oh that's awesome yeah, so you met so him I, and you skated, yeah, I with, skated him. with Dave Taylor and uh yeah and then when he got as I got he was older pretty good uh well it wasn't pretty good it was just we were the only people that played hockey right no but i mean he was pretty good oh he guys. was pretty good yeah yeah he was good and then i i remember in 93 when they that great series against toronto uh yeah. i watched him score this like just beautiful goal i was there for that uh it was i think it was game four or five but anyway yeah so he was my first favorite hockey player um and then after him was luke robitaille dude i just i just loved luke robitaille loved him him and Jimmy Carson, they were the gold dust. What did twins. you like about what did you like about Robotai? He scored a lot. Scored. scored. <laughs> he just that was the eighties, man. Like he put up like forty six goals, I think, his rookie year. Because he wasn't um, pretty. He oh, wasn't he was ugly. He's, the, uh, he's probably the worst skater. Oh, he was a good looking guy, but he was an ugly hockey player, yeah. Yeah, I mean he's his skating is so bad that yeah. that he looks at Henrik Zetterberg and he's like, Wow, you're poetry in motion. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like that's how bad his skating was. Um, yeah, so him, but then, you know, as I said, I remember I went back to, you know, Detroit one uh, Thanksgiving. That was the airport I always flew in and out of. My family was actually from Bowling Green, uh, Toledo, which isn't too far. Um, and, and my family, like, they couldn't take me to a game because uh, I was only there for a couple of days. But they got me, like, a bunch of Red Wing swag, some T-shirts and beanies, like, toques and stuff. Whoa. And so I fell in love with him right at the right time. Our hockey loving cousin is coming into town. Give him some. Yeah, give him some yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that was like ninety one, ninety two. So that was like the perfect time to to sort of fall in love with the Wings. Um, and then at that time it was Eisenman and Fedorov. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you went back into the Wings. Yeah, the back wings into them, board. and then I kind of went back into the Kings with Rob Blake because Rob Blake played at the University of Bowling Green, or I think you Bowling went... Green State, or I think it is. Yeah. Um, What's your last? The last guy you actually were a big fan of? Uh, as a kid, or well, are you are you a big fan of players right now? Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, Datsuk would be the last one, where it was just for me. Like, for wow. me, it goes. It, it, I have four players. Okay. For me, it's Lafleur. Growing up, yeah, and then That's it was Gretzky. One. Yeah, it was Gretzky. As soon as Gretzky entered the league and started becoming Gretzky, I sort of switched from Lafleur to Gretzky. Yeah. Then I moved on, moved back to my hometown team, and I my biggest biggest uh, idol was Mass Naslin. Yeah. Number twenty six in the Metal Veins in your programs, Mister Mass Naslin. Yeah. And of then the, of the Vancouver Canucks, right, right. No, Matt's Naslin. <laughs> Matt's. Matt's. Uh, Matt's is a good. Matt's the the little Viking man. That, no, that's no, a no, guy that yeah, is yeah, worthy yeah. of of love. That's a little guy who is yeah, five, that's a good one. eight on your programs, probably five six in real life, 
and he scored and he yeah, passed and he got points and he was an impact player on a team and he was a smallish guy in a league that was a rough, rough, rough and tumble league. Yeah. He was a fun, fun player to watch. Well, the little guys back then were, they had to Highly be, scared. right? They had, Highly well, they had to, well, I mean, tougher too. I mean, I, I yeah, remember exactly. we went to Vancouver for a, for a hockey tournament and uh, we, we got to go to the Northlands, or what was it called? Uh, what was there? Or the Pacific Coliseum, right? And uh, we got to meet uh, Cliff Ronning. That's right. Uh, after and that, the game. He's huge, though. His, that guy, that guy's neck is his, is like my tie. Yeah, yeah, he was like an inch taller than me at the time. Uh, a pretty short dude, but he, I just remember his chest being like so far out. Yeah, like, that guy's an so enormous stuck. monster yeah. and, of a and, man. Yeah, to your point, like those littler guys, they had to be. You know, there wasn't too much room for uh, for the for the Johnny Goudreaux's. Uh, no, there was way too much <laughs> clutching yeah. and grabbing. And the last player, of course, being French-Canadian, was Mario Lemieux. Yep. I used to play, actually, before his uh, junior team. Okay. Uh, a couple of times a year. Uh, that guy was a beast. Yeah. That guy was so much fun to watch. And isn't there's like some famous photograph, right, of Lemieux behind the Habs bench... That's right. The last time Lefleur they won the cup, something. I think. Uh, oh, that's right. The one that that's right. When Lafleur was saying goodbye. Uh, yeah, maybe that was it, or a big goal, or something. Okay. Yeah, maybe saying it was, goodbye. It was when Lafleur was saying okay. goodbye. Okay. Yeah, goodbye. and he's just behind them, and he's like this big, you know, sixteen-year-old tearing tearing up the queue. That's great, man. Those are good ones. There you go, Mario Lemieux. 